We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. After Wednesday's test and and then after yesterday's collection, we were made aware that we had uh, three more individuals test positive. Needless to say, we have a total of 16. We have to take a a pause for the weekend. If we can understand if we can get, get this under control. Just another one of those reminders of how quick things can get out of control right now and, and this environment, I think it's a little bit of a, you know, a reset for us and take a couple days and we'll get back to, to getting some workouts in and then get back to focus on, on Cleveland when we, when we play on Tuesday. Well, mark it down, folks. August 11th, 12-year-old Henry Rowan Gardner steps in front of 35,000 fans at Wrigley Field to become the youngest person in history to play Major League Baseball. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Ah, good morning, everybody. What's going on? Hello, baseball people. We're in the middle of a baseball season. It's a really weird one, but hey, it's 2020. Everything's weird. We have no choice but to roll with the weirdness. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's really odd. So many things are odd. I look every day to see how many postponements there are. It was pretty fun the other day to look at the absurdity that is the brand new MLB schedule. How many doubleheaders? Wait a minute. What's that seven game series I see on the horizon for a couple of teams with two doubleheaders in it before? But as things keep rolling, things get moved in to fill their place as things get postponed. And it can be kind of fun. I noticed this the other day that with the Cardinals and White Sox game in Dyersville, Iowa, at the Field of Dreams being canceled, that's not going to be played at guaranteed rate on August 14th. That's Friday. That's theoretical, by the way, because everything is uh, is theoretical. The MLB schedule is merely a suggestion. Hey, wouldn't this be a good idea? Let's play. We can't? Okay. Well, let's talk and we'll figure out where to move it. It's really the MLB has uh, announced their most recent suggestion on games to be played. So anyway, with the Field of Dreams game being canceled on Thursday, the Brewers and the Cubs has now been moved to primetime on Thursday 
And so that'll replace that game on national TV. Okay, so there's another national game for the Cubs. Similarly, with the Cubs and Cardinals canceled tonight, or postponed, excuse me, tonight, the White Sox and the Cleveland Indians will be your Sunday night game. So there you go. So you got another national game. So Benetti and Stone get the evening off. What are they going to do? Probably sit around with David Ross's dog and watch baseball. Well, that's what David Ross said he was going to do. It was sit around with his dog and watch baseball. It's what a lot of us are doing these days because times are incredibly weird. Good morning, everybody. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on The Score. It is hit and run. We'll talk lots of Cubs and lots of White Sox all morning long from now up until noon. Phone lines are wide open for you to talk about your teams, to talk about the league, to talk about the issues, the awkward Cubs pause that we are in the middle of right now, the White Sox and Johnny Holstaff not really doing the job yesterday, although most people were good. It was just that that third inning. Boy, that was weird, and we'll talk about that plenty. And you can talk about MLB in general, this idea, what they're going to do, what it's really going to end up meaning for the entirety of the league when there's just no way in hell everybody's going to play 60 games. This schedule that was suggested the other day publicly with all the the redos and the remakes of the postponements that had everybody getting to 60, that was that was worth a chuckle. I'm just I love that they're playing. It's fun that they're playing and the capacity of what I'm willing to accept as competitive integrity it keeps It keeps expanding. I can accept all sorts of things, it turns out, for the sake of actually having baseball as I sell out my competitive integrity soul, if that is such a thing. Look, Rob Manfred sold his first, okay? That man has no shame slash no regard for true competitive integrity slash no desire to not reach a postseason when one seems mildly plausible to bring in um, uh, some of the dollars lost. We're getting there. We are going to have a season. We're having a season right now. Marlins got to restock the roster. No big deal. Phillies, Marlins, many others have to reschedule some games, figure out how to squeeze it in. Onward we go. Hey, National League Central, sorry about the whole Cardinals thing. Uh, Yeah, so Cardinals, Pirates, you're not going to play. Cardinals, Cubs, you're not going to play. If you didn't hear the latest news, it's going to be another three to five days before the Cardinals gather. So that means this thing that everybody was freaking out about, which was 55 games in 49 days for the St. Louis Cardinals starting tomorrow, is now going to be, if everything works out perfectly, 55 games in 46 days, starting Thursday. That's not going to happen. They're not going to get 60. So what are you willing to accept? We know what Rob Banford is willing to accept, and that's just damn near anything. What am I willing to accept? Am I okay with a season in which the Cardinals play 50 games, 48 games? in which the Marlins play 45 games, something like that, in which some teams do play 60, some teams do play 57, some teams do play 54. Am I okay with that? Are you okay with that? Really, when it comes down to it, is it that big of an ask in your 2020 when you or someone in your house has probably been out of work? When you or someone in your house has probably fallen ill 
to the coronavirus, when you're scrambling to figure out a way to homeschool your kids, or at least just kind of guide them through the, the, uh, the online learning situation, as I am, as so many others are, and I'm facing that daunting task in September for a, what I suspect will be a full year of online learning. When you're figuring all that out, does it really matter if a baseball team plays 57 games or 50 games or 60 games? We all will find a way to live with it in exchange for a lovely distraction of baseball, for the beautiful return, even in its awkward form, of our companion sport. Having a game on the radio when you're making a drive, as I was yesterday, had about an hour and a half of a drive, wife was sleeping for most of it, no big deal, hung out with the White Sox on the radio, came home and watched the last few innings on the TV. It's all good. Last night, lying around in bed, late night, hey, get, look at this. Oh, I could watch all kinds of interesting West Coast baseball, and I did. Fernando Tatis hitting a couple homers, although Sean Anderson keeps referring to him as James Shields. Is that a White Sox fan thing to, like, angrily, unforgivingly um, call Fernando Tatis Jr. by his name of James Shields just to forever remind yourself of what that was? I mean, wow. right now we could either have Fernando Tatis at shortstop or we could have Leori Garcia play shortstop or James no. Shields because he's he's the guy that could have been on this team or that no. was on this team because they traded away. Tatis. Do I really need do I really need to educate you, though? You know, the context here, you don't have you don't have um, you don't have Luis Robert. Well, let's see. Well, actually, what was the timing of the Robert signing? What, what you don't have. Give give me the give me the, the moment of the Shields trade. It, pull up your transaction history, and we'll do this during the course of the day. If that trade doesn't happen and James Shields doesn't pitch like absolute garbage for the White Sox that year, they do not shift gears, change lanes, try to escape mediocrity, and begin to add everything that they've added and end up where they are today. You need to start looking at Fernando Tatis Jr. as the unfortunate cost of your winning window that begins now and goes for the next five, six, seven years. Uh, so Tatis was signed in 2017. They held that, uh, I believe, in May 27th, and then the Tatis trade was June 4th, 2016. Okay, yeah, all right. So, so Robert signed 2017. Yeah. So if if Tatis doesn't get traded, you don't you don't have Luis Robert. You don't. You don't have you don't have Eloy and Cease because they keep rolling with Quintana to try to get the most out of him and his deal. You do a, you know, you don't have, a, you don't have the Eden trade. You don't have your Nationals trades with Giolito and Lopez and Dane Dunning and stuff. So look at it as the unfortunate cost of doing business. That said, that dude is really good, really, really good. Six seventy, the score is where you are. Now the White Sox are fun. That offense is fun. By the way, coming up on the show, Bruce Levine is going to join us at 10 o'clock. Paul Sullivan has a crazy schedule idea, which I absolutely love. And we're going to bring him on to explain it to you at 11 o'clock. And Chris Kamka will tie the room together at around 1140, as he does for us weekly here on Hit and Run. In the meantime, dial it up 312-644-6767. That's the phone number. That's also how you text. Texture says they changed lanes because Chris Sale cut up jerseys. Eaton got in a fight with Frazier. No, no, no. They, they, they changed lanes because they realized it wasn't working. And their gluttonous go-for-it-every-year um, approach was just not working. 
and they decided they didn't want to suck for four out of five years and maybe be good every once in a while. So they changed lanes drastically. And the Tatis Shields trade was was the final nail that put the um, the the ever aggressive Kenny Williams trade deadline approach to bed. So here's where you are with the White Sox, unfortunately, yesterday. Starting pitching depth has taken a massive, massive hit. They had eight. Felt like they had eight. Then Kopech opted out. And then Ronaldo Lopez got hurt. And then Carlos Rodon got hurt. And then Jimmy Lambert got hurt. You go from eight to four in a hurry. Right now, Rick Hahn has said he doesn't want to bring up Dane Dunning for a spot start and did not yesterday. Doesn't want to bring up Jonathan Stever for a spot start or even Bernardo Flores, who's another name you might hear down the line. Didn't want to bring up any of those three guys because of injury to make a start. I question that logic because you are in an incredibly intense urgent little 60 game season that might be less than that you're in a division where right now you sit fourth but you know very well that the twins are one of the best teams in baseball and nobody pitches better than the indians nobody so you've got to give yourself a shot to win every game so i question the logic of no dane dunning for a start or no steve or no bernardo flores for a start But hey, that's what you want to do? Okay, Clayton Richard, you just signed. He's not ready yet. So you decide to go with a bullpen game, a Johnny Holstaff game yesterday. And if you're going to do that, then that means everybody's available. That means everybody in your pen who's ready and rested is available. That means that the guys you normally wait for in innings five and beyond should be in play in the early innings. Hell of a job by Foster. Hell of a job by Matt Foster to throw the two innings. He said he wanted to go three. Okay, so you get two innings out of Matt Foster. You decide you're going to bring in somebody else for the third inning. Your options include a bunch of the guys I'm sure you're thinking you'd rather use in innings six through nine. Jimmy Cordero, Cody Hoyer, Jace Fry, hell, even Steve Ciszek, who has been absolutely brutal and feels kind of broken from his Madden years here with the Cubs, and Ross Detweiler. A big problem is that your most important pitcher, your most important guy in that bullpen, Aaron Bummer, is now out. And he hits the DL with a biceps injury. No Bummer in the pen means that I believe Ross Detweiler is going to slide into that role in Ricky Renteria's mind. Aaron Bummer has been your Andrew Miller. He can go two or more innings if you really need it. He could close if that's when you want him. He can get lefties and can get some righties as well. Most of the righties, in fact, if you're bummer. Um, You can bring him in in the middle of a difficult situation or at the beginning of a clean inning. So I think in Ricky Renteria's mind, Detweiler slid into that role. So I guess he wasn't in play to come in in the third inning. I I think that would have been a great spot for Detweiler. Because you still have Jace Fry as a lefty in that pen left over. But if you're not going to do that, okay, so all those options are things you're not going to do. 
Then how about Cordero? How about Cody Hoyer, who's looked really, really good? Let him go a couple innings in games three and four. Cordero hadn't pitched since the 4th of August. Hoyer hadn't pitched since the 5th. Deadweiler, not since the 3rd. You could have started him if you want, but okay, you started Foster, got two innings out of him. They brought in Drew Anderson, who has proven nothing in his big league career. Two appearances with the Phillies last year, bad. First go-around with the White Sox this year, I know Ricky said he kind of liked him. Kind of kind of liked the fastball, thought it could play a little bit. This was the idea yesterday, is that they were going to get three or four innings out of Drew Anderson. He was going to be a bulk innings guy yesterday. Instead, he gives up six runs in the third, and your game is basically over against the Indians who pitch beautifully. Now, it's not basically over because you're the White Sox offense, and you've shown an ability to blow up, and you've shown an ability to get to teams. Okay. But, man, there's got to be a better option than Drew Anderson. I've given you a lot of them. Deadweiler ended up pitching in the ninth, which really didn't make much sense in a lot of different ways. But Anderson in the third, it was just an idea like, all right, well, we just got to get to those late innings. So maybe Anderson could get us there. Ugh, that's brutal. It's a brutal moment. I know a lot of Sox fans are upset with the managing um, I, I would be upset at the the logical choice, the strategic choice to not go to your one one of your young starting arms. I know it probably would have been Lambert, but why not Dunning or Stever or Bernardo Flores? Why not for one start? Give them a shot right now in this crazy ass year. It really it really makes you think about what this season is going to be about in terms of urgency, because they might have to make a trade for a starting pitcher, these White Sox. They might have to make a deal. How willing are they going to be to make a deal? Rickon talked about that this year. Not going to be super aggressive here in the bonus season, this year before they really thought was going to be their window. All right, so I understand not to be super aggressive and go after somebody with multiple years and lots of control. But there are some free agents to be on some bad teams or mediocre teams. Teams that might decide that they're out of it. Maybe you're going to go get Robbie Ray of the Diamondbacks or Mike Miner of the Rangers in an absolutely stacked American League West. You don't have to break bank to get one of those guys. Will they be willing to? What is, what's the year about? They should be going for it, should absolutely be going for it. And I don't mean like give up the farm to go get somebody with multiple years, but find a way to get one of those guys if you need them. And don't be afraid to throw your young kids out there for a spot start. You got to do better than Drew Anderson dreaming of bulk to get to your other bullpen pieces who've been really good, even without bummer. I mean, Colum A has been good. Cordero and Hoyer and Detweiler have all been really good. And yesterday saw another debut. Seventh debut of the year for the White Sox. Seventh debut. And it's Zach Birdie. And he looked really good. Throwing 99. We'll talk about that later on because Zach Birdie's 
success is a modern day instant gratification pitching success story these days. And it's weird how Zach Birdie got there. But look, if you're a Sox fan and you're upset with your manager, you're upset with your management, I understand that it's the good kind of frustration. The frustration is your team is good and you know you are. So every game feels winnable and it should feel winnable. And every game is important. Every, every game is sacred. So I think about Monty Python and the meaning of life. Every game is sacred. If a game is wasted, fans get quite irate. And I understand why. Who should it have been yesterday? Dunning to start? How about Detweiler in the third? How about Foster for three, since he wanted to go three? Or at the very least, Detweiler in the third and let him go three innings. Didn't want to do that. See, Russ Detweiler can still be your Aaron Bummer replacement, even if he'd gone a couple innings yesterday, gone two innings yesterday. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that I could give them, though. If I wanted to give them Ross Detweiler, okay, then fine. Then give me Cordero. After Foster, go to Cordero. Let him throw two innings. Go to Cody Hoyer. Let him throw two innings. And then you're into your pen. You're into your real pen with Detweiler, finally, knowing you've got Birdie in the back pocket for the first day and all that other stuff. Disappointed to see Drew Anderson, who um, should not be given a chance in another big moment at any point frankly. 670, the score is where you are. 312-644-6767 is the number to call in and the number to text here on Hit and Run. We will talk about how the struggle is real and will not go away for a very important Cub. We will talk about that modern-day instant gratification pitching success story. We'll talk about an MLB ace that keeps getting better, defying logic and father time and making me wonder about stuff. And we'll talk with you guys with your questions and comments about Cubs and about the Sox and about MLB's schedule and this incredibly bizarre season. Bruce Levine at the top of the hour, Chris Camp at 1140, Paul Sullivan at 11 o'clock. When we come back, the perspective of the locals on the awkward pause thanks to the latest outbreak of the coronavirus. That's the next conversation right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. As Mokata slices this ball to right field, well hit, way back there, and well up and out of here. That ball was demolished by Yoan Moncada. Well, you knew he got it because he stood at the plate, and that's one you really want to admire for a moment or two, and that's his third of the year.
That is Yohan Moncada yesterday on the TV. Getting it done with a homer late. It's only the one run that the White Sox did score, but I just wanted to remind people who the best player on this team is. Look, I am as excited about Luis Roberts' incredible talent and potential and skill set right now as it stands. He's so much fun, and I've been driving that bus as much as anybody, but Yohan Moncada figured it out big time last year and continues. He's now reached base in 19 straight games, dating back to last year, the 25th of September. Here is your complete list of third basemen who had better seasons than Yohan Moncada last year. Ready? Um, Nolan Arenado, Matt Chapman, Anthony Rendon, Alex Bregman, and his one-time teammate Rafael Devers of the Red Sox. It was either going to be Devers or Moncada as the centerpiece of that Chris Sale trade. The the White Sox um, ended up with Moncada. Red Sox decided to hold on to Devers. Devers figured it out sooner than Moncada, but they are now both right there. And Yoan has been really, really good. That was the bright spot. The downside was Ricky Renteria's managing, among other things. I, I told you you're going to hear from the Cubs on this awkward pause. You'll hear from David Ross and from the Cardinals president, John Mozeliak, in a few minutes. But we've got some phone calls to talk both Cubs and Sox in light of the action or inaction from yesterday. And we'll do that right now. It is 670 The Score. It is Hit and Run. It's me, Matt Spiegel. That's who you're listening to. And this segment is brought to you by Northern Illinois Food Bank. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Mark in Joliet on the score. Mark, what's up? Welcome in on Hit and Run. How you doing? Good, Matt. Listen, love the baseball knowledge. I'm with you 100%. It's a weird season, but I'm enjoying it. Good. It's live baseball. I'm with you. I love your knowledge. But here's the thing about the White Sox. I'm a Sox and a Cub fan, but I'm watching this game against the Brewers. Yelich is up, hits this pretty much of a routine fly to left field. Uh, Here comes Jimenez. You know, you could tell he didn't know he was in the plate. But I'll tell you, here's the thing. I like the guy. He's a fantastic hitter. That's why you have a DH. But the point being is, you said every game is winnable. Well, when you have a guy in left field, it was almost like I watched that a couple of times. It looked like he said to himself, uh-oh, I misjudged it. I'm going to make this look like a much more difficult play. And he's like, you know, runs into the net, flips over, just like he runs in the wall. It's almost like I think he's saying to himself, uh-oh, I can't see the ball. I misjudged I'm going to make this look like. No, no. I mean, Matt, he's not, he's not trying to make it look any worse or anything. He's just, he's scared. He's scared out there. He's scared to screw it up. Thanks for the call, man. Eloy, it's not really about the wall, the times that he has hit the wall and gotten hurt, or this time when he falls over the, what, the two-foot wall and into the net and, and comes bouncing back. It's about his fear out there and a lack of comfort. That was one of the worst routes to a fly ball I have ever seen in my life. And it wasn't even that far away. It's not that far away, to quote another man on a hit and run from years past in a different context. But that was like Marcelo Zuna out there in left field. Eloy goes to his right, then he cuts towards the wall going backwards, and then he turns a corner going towards the foul line. But if you watch it, he's going gingerly the entire way. He's afraid. The ball bounces. 
and then he keeps going towards the sidewall. He takes like three steps to stop. He has like three steps where he could stop or correct himself, but he does not because he's afraid to hit the wall and get hurt. So on top of now being afraid to misplay it, he's also afraid to hit the wall and hurt himself. And it's just, it's awkward. It, It reminded me, frankly, of me yesterday as I got off a boat in Antioch. I slipped a little bit. You ever do this? Like, I'm going to step off the boat. The dock is getting closer. I'm feeling good. I got it. No problem. I slip a little as I'm getting off, and I know I'm going to go down. I know I'm in trouble, but I can't really stop myself, so I just leaned into it. I kept going. I, like, leaned my shoulder in, and I hit the dock hard and rolled over, like Eloy hitting that net over the wall and spinning around and letting himself fall back. He's like, okay, now I better make sure I don't get hurt. I'll just... I'll just take what I've got coming, and then I'll get up. Slippery over there. Oh, man. Yes, yes, it is. Yesterday, me falling off a boat in Antioch reminded me of Eloy Jimenez falling into the net the other night. Neither of them impressive. Neither one. But here's your problem. Where else do you want Eloy to play? Where else? There is no one more qualified than me to get off that boat yesterday in Antioch. There's no better spot for me. There's no better spot for Eloy right now. He can't play first. And there's no spot there because Abreu's got that locked down and Grandal will play there on occasion. And hell, even Zach Collins will play there if you need him. But hey, Abreu and Grandal. And then they signed Edwin Encarnacion, who's a terrific hitter. I get it. There is no better spot for Eloy Jimenez right now. There is no DH available. You're not going to play Adam Engel over Eloy Jimenez. You shouldn't. You're not going to play Zach Collins over Eloy Jimenez. Your mean Mercedes is not even there, but you're not going to play him over Eloy Jimenez. Andrew Vaughn, when he comes up, still not going to play him over Eloy Jimenez, and you don't know if he can play left. Vaughn will be heir to the first base DH throne that Jose Abreu sits on right now. But Encarnacion is here too, and he's damn good. There is no better spot for Eloy than left field. And left field doesn't hurt you that much. Take it from a guy who watched all of Alfonso Soriano's run with the Cubs. A guy who has watched Josh Willingham play left field at times in the major leagues. It's just, it's a spot where you're very seldom gonna cost your team an extra base. Just gotta make sure he does not get hurt. He needs to learn how to play the position better, how to deal with the wall better, how to deal with his fear better for his own well-being. You, as a ball club, can survive, Eloy, out there. You can survive it as long as he survives it. 670, the score is where you are. Let's take one more phone call. This is Riles in Gridley on Hit and Run. Good morning, Riles. What's up? Morning, morning, Spigs. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you don't have to look back too far on the Sox to see a, a butcher in left field. How about Adam Dunn? He was one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, and still survivable. And still mostly yeah. survivable, as long as the it, offense it, it, was there. And as, the offense will be there for Eloy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a problem. That's why it wasn't survivable. Before I get to my baseball thought, have you heard Bernstein's open? 
I, uh, I, no, but I'm in for Bernstein on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm looking forward to that. So I'll be on your radio uh, 9 to noon on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which will include the conversation that he does weekly with Ian Happ and a lot more. So I'll hear it then. But get to your baseball, Riley. We've got a nice, nice busy show, which I'm looking forward to. Get to your baseball. Okay. okay. Uh, um, competitive advantage and disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I'm a Cardinal fan, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to whine about it, but, boy, they've been off for a long time. And uh, the players that have tested positive for COVID, including Molina, Martinez, Halsley now, that mm-hmm. the good pitcher, um, they've been in quarantine, so how are they working out at baseball? I, I don't know You're the not. answer to that. You're that's not, what Miles. I figured. That, no. That's what I figured. And, uh, you know, with them being out, I don't think they're practicing. I, if I was another team, I'd want to play the Cardinals now because they got to be behind the eight ball. Thank you, Riles, for the call. They, they're not going to get together for another three to five days. That was yesterday. That means their Tigers uh, series, or excuse me, their Pirates series is, is, is going to be canceled, postponed. And it's, it's awful for the Cardinals right now. And they know it. The league knows it. I don't assume that there's any sympathy in this town for the Cardinals. Short supply in terms of sympathy. But it's not really about them specifically at all. It's about the 55 games in 46 days that is most likely going to be asked of them beginning Thursday. And it's about eventually figuring out what we are all comfortable accepting in order to have a baseball season. Let's hear from John Moseliak, the president of the Cardinals, yesterday talking with reporters about the the awful situation, the continued shutdown for a team that very much thinks they are playoff worthy. I guess, can you describe the level of concern then? You, you traced it originally back to St. Louis before leaving for Minneapolis. Then you guys go through the isolation in Milwaukee and now appear to have been on a plane together with three additional people who went through batteries of exams enough to clear the quarantine and now test positive subsequently. I mean, it just seems like, like you said, moving target, but it seems like there's a, should be a high level of concern as to when it may, what's a safe move. Well, are you doubting my concern? No, no, no. I'm asking, can you articulate? I mean, I, like, yeah, I'm not well, doubting. Yeah, you, of course I'm concerned. I mean, I don't, I'm slept in days. I mean, like you know, your, your phone rings last night at 10 o'clock and, all of a sudden, you have positives again. I mean, what do you think's going on? You know, the point is, though, that experts who we consult with gave us advice that we could take that next step forward, and now we can't. So, I don't know what the right answer is. Is it is it two days? Is it five days? Is it ten days? Or is it two weeks? I mean, the, the whole country, the whole world is facing these same questions. So, you know, we're we're just caught in the middle of it. That's why it's a global pandemic. It is indeed a global pandemic. Are you questioning my concern? I haven't slept in days. And he looks like he has not slept in days. John Moziliak. Here's David Ross, the Cubs manager, who addressed the media yesterday via Zoom and talked about this series with the Cardinals being canceled. Overall, it's just another one of those reminders of how quick things can get out of control right now in in this environment, I think. It's a little bit of a, you know, a reset for us and take a couple of days and um, we'll get back to, to getting some workouts in 
and then get back to focus on on Cleveland when we when we play on Tuesday. So you know we feel like it's just a little bit of a small little break and and you know gotta gotta continue to try to stay sharp as we possibly can. Get back to to maybe working on a few things we might want to clean up in the, in this downtime and, and use it to our advantage as best we can. It's an absolutely brutal moment to pause if you are the Cubs, in my opinion. You've been rolling, okay? You've been, you've been playing very, very well in every phase except for that ninth inning guy, Kimbrell. But you've even survived that. You have survived that. You had the steady mindfulness going, the attention and the focus that a good offense must have every pitch. Ron Coomer on with us last week said, yeah, that's hard, but that's the job. And they've had it going, locked in. You've seen it. They've been playing so well. And then they get pounded once. Get absolute pounded once. We're Tyler Chatwood, and we can talk about that why he got destroyed by the very aggressive Kansas City Royals, we can discuss. But either way, they get pounded once, and you'd love to throw it away and get right back at it and resume where you were. And instead, you've got to stop cold. It's brutal. It's an absolutely brutal moment to be stopped cold. But, hey, you're healthy. You have done a tremendous job controlling the virus as best you can, controlling the atmosphere that allows you to control the virus as best you can. Here's more of David Ross talking about the mood of his team right now during the forced pause. Everybody was good yesterday. I think everybody was like, okay, we'll just take it as a players are, you know, if I go back to my playing days, like no matter what, you kind of welcome an off day, you know, in the middle of a, of a long stretch. And so the first off day is always nice, nice, relaxing. You know, they, when you, when you, when you're getting ready for a game and uh, somebody tells you it's canceled, it's really easy to shut off that, that mental grind and, and that physical of where you might need to get your body ready. And, um, you know, talking through some things and how hard these guys have been playing, kind of giving the position players an extra day to day. David Ross. Um, here's one more talking about what this season has been like for the players. We're all trying to do what's best. Is it hard? Yeah, I've, I've been saying that a lot. It's hard on the players. It's not it's not easy. Not, none of this is is easy. So, you know, to to say, are we asking too much of the players? I think we ask a lot of the players every single day in this environment. And um, it's continued to them being pushed and and of course it's going to be difficult to play a lot of games in a short amount of days but you know we can choose to focus on how hard things are or we can be thankful that we get out to get to go out there and play baseball and compete with one another in this uh, crazy time that we're in and I think that's a mental choice we all have to make daily and our guys have done a good job of, of making the, the positive choice it's a crazy odd weird year and these stops and starts can wreak havoc especially with pitchers creatures of habit and what are you supposed to do when you are quarantined in a hotel room you know what some of them have done right brandon kinsler the former cub said that he uh he took mattresses he lined up the mattress set up chairs to act as hitters in his hotel room and would throw for about a half hour every day trying to simulate something is what he told tyler kepner of the new york times throwing pitches into his mattress in the hotel room. Jack Flaherty threw baseballs into his mattress did the, for the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright throwing baseballs into pillows 
and then look at the injuries everywhere, whether it's Justin Verlander, Corey Kluber, Steven Strasburg is supposed to pitch right now, finally, for the first time today against the uh, for the Nationals. And then look at all the White Sox injuries with Lopez and Rodon again, Aaron Bummer yesterday, Jimmy Lambert. And there is it causal that these guys have all had the stop and the start and everybody working out on their own with whatever level of equipment and routine they could muster on their own during quarantine? I don't know if it's causal, but it's certainly ugly. And it certainly makes a lot of sense that you'd be scared now to pause and then get all your pitchers back up and running. If any organization is prepared to deal with this kind of awkward pause, if any organization is ready to adapt and adjust on the fly and has the cohesion and communication to get it done and get it done effectively, I'd put my money on the Cubs. And they've shown it to you so far. More of your phone calls coming up at 312-644-6767 as we deal with schedule chaos, as we deal with the reschedule doubleheaders and the insanity of what baseball will try to do. And we deal with, at least in my case, gratitude and excitement that baseball is here, baby. Don't go anywhere. I guess that's why I'm willing to accept seven-inning doubleheaders and even the insane crosstown weird doubleheader idea that Paul Sullivan's going to present to us at 11 o'clock. But before that, more of your phone calls at 312-644-6767 and lots of specifics about the Cubs and Sox coming up and Bruce Levine at the top of the hour. Keep it right here on Hit and Run on the score. I'm slapped in days. How many counts in that movement you just executed? Sir, four counts, sir. What's the idea looking down in the chamber? Sir, that is the guarantee that the private is not giving the inspecting officer a loaded weapon, sir. What's your fifth general order? Sir, the private's fifth general order is to quit my post only when popularly relieved, sir. What's this weapon's name, Private Pyle? Sir, the private's weapon's name is Charlene, sir. Private Pyle, you are definitely born again hard. Hell, I may even allow you to serve as a rifleman in my beloved corps. Sir, yes, sir. Swung on, hit in the air, left field and deep, back to the wall, and that's going to be a home run. A two-run home run, another breaking ball by Chatwood. And Kansas City now leads by a score of six to nothing. Really? Really? Really, Sean Anderson? I go off last week telling you how Tyler Chatwood is born again hard. And he is throwing that nasty cut fastball to go along with his sinker, controlling the curve, throwing strikes, rolling through his first couple of starts. And then you have the audacity one week later to later to, to play the cut from Full Metal Jacket, followed by one of the many absolute rockets he gave up the other night against Kansas City. I understand. It's hit and run on 670 to score. Look, I'm not freaking out about uh, Tyler Chatwood. This is not the same old Tyler Chatwood in terms of control. He's not out there walking the world the other night. He said his sinker was not as sharp, Sean. He said he left his cutter out over the plate too much, Sean. The Royals scouted this new version of Tyler Chatwood well. They know that he throws strikes now, that he works all four quadrants, but he's throwing strikes. And they are a very aggressive bunch. On fire of late, actually, took the first two against the Twins this weekend, going for a sweep today. Jorge Soler with two home runs yesterday. So they pounced early and often on Tyler Chatwood. 
hit him very hard. He'll have to make an adjustment knowing the league is hip to this new methodology, this new version of Tyler. That's pitching. That's baseball. I really only played it because you remind me of you okay. saying it. Bats. And also, well, the Royals' bats were going to wake up at some point. They had five runs in the past three games before they blew up for 13. So it's it's not all on Chatwood. It's not no. on you jinxing them either. Yeah, no, It's but it's uh, – it, look – just allow yourself to be the antagonist I demand every once in a while. Just suck it up, deal with it, and stop talking back. Okay? Thank you. Good talk. 670 The Score. It's Hit and Run. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Love you, Sean. Love your show. Let's go to the phone lines. This is Bill in Lincoln Park on 670 The Score before we hit the top of the hour in Bruce Levine. What's up, Bill? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, good. Hey, I want to call you because we're in what feels like the middle of uh, the All-Star break after 13 games for the Cubs only, and uh, you got five games for the Cardinals played. We got a trade deadline coming up, and just over three weeks from today, um, I can't anticipate there's going to be a whole lot of activity there, but you were talking about the Sox earlier, so uh, they can probably have Jose Quintana if they want him. Um, <laughs> one question I was going to ask was, with this little break here, do you think, uh, I know it's been spoken of a little bit, do you think David Ross takes the opportunity to realign the uh, rotation so that you're not getting a back-to-back from Alec Mills and David Ross within the same series against the same team? I'll hang up and uh, listen uh, to your thoughts. Uh, wait, Alec Mills and who? Alec Mills and... and uh, Kyle uh, Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks. No, and, and no, just because um, of the of, of the similar velocity that they throw. Is that your thought that he, he would mix up the stuff yeah, I mean, in terms of? You either throw Lester in between them. You could throw a Darvish and get a look, get the radar gun lit up a little bit more. But yeah. sometimes it feels like that change of uh, or that similarity between the two of them sure. can cause a team to to come up to bat the next day feeling like they're facing nearly the same guy. Interesting. So you think Hendricks might be a victim of that, having followed Alec Mills a couple times this year. Appreciate the call. Um, Yeah, you know, it's conceivable. I think, though, with every time they have to stop and start, whether it was for months and then summer camp and then getting going, or whether it is right now for these three days, um, it's going to be about, it should be about, who feels the best. Can you keep everybody on schedule? Well, what the hell just happened to your schedule? All right, well, you feel good? You ready to go? It's, It's crazy, man. So you got to check in with your guys and know how they feel and base it on that for the most part. I saw that the ringer did a thing on the pitcher arm injuries that I was talking about last segment and said that in the first 10 days of the season, there were 30 pitcher arm injuries. And over the last decade, the previous high for any year in the first 10 days was 12 pitcher arm injuries. So these stops and starts wreak havoc. So you worry about that more than anything. You worry about that more than anything, especially once you're rolling. And, you know, and I'd love to hear, I mean, maybe that's part of the White Sox mindset. Can we play that real quick before we take a break? I'd love to hear Ricky Renteria talking about Drew Anderson um, and why he went to him in the third inning yesterday, looking for bulk innings out of Drew Anderson with a lot of good options left in that bullpen that did not get a chance to pitch in a consequential moment of the game because Drew Anderson gave up six. Here's Ricky we Renteria. Trying to... Go ahead. I'm sorry about that, Sean. Let's hear Ricky Renteria about Drew Anderson. 
we were trying to the uh, the plan was originally try to get three or four innings out of them. Uh, it wasn't to uh, have obviously the, the situation that occurred there, but it, it didn't happen. Obviously, um, at the end the bullpen came in, took it down. Uh, we just didn't do anything on the offensive side, you know, stringing anything together that gave us any opportunity to kind of close the gap uh, in the middle of that whole process. But um, we'll have to regroup and go back after them. You know, these are the type of pitchers that these guys have that we're going to have to beat. We're going to have to be able to string things together and, you know, try to pull out some victories. So you, you were kind of thinking of Drew as kind of like a, a bulk guy who would, you know, eat up, uh, you know, something close to starter level innings there. And it, yeah. it, it kind we, of – we were trying to get at least three, and there was a possibility that he was supposed to give us four, but obviously that didn't that didn't come to fruition. Oh boy, it just it, it reminds me of so many different moments, like postseason specifics in years past, when a manager told you, or maybe wouldn't tell you, and you just knew it that he was saving a more important guy for a later spot in a series or later spot in a game. That is not. Um, Boy, that is trying to piece it together with Johnny Holstaff and trusting a guy who has not really shown you any reason to be trusted before in Drew Anderson. Very difficult situation now for the White Sox, and they've got some difficult decisions to make in terms of their young guys. How real are the possibilities for Dane Dunning, Jonathan Stever, Bernardo Flores, guys like that? Or do they have to go out and make a deal in the wake of all these starting pitcher problems and the the unfortunate situation yesterday with Anderson and Johnny Holstaff. Let's talk about it with our Bruce Levine, the Scores Baseball Insider. We'll do that next right here on Hit and Run on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.